Hello and welcome under the Katatsu. I'm your host Austin, joined as always by Danny. Hello. And Danielle. What's up, Presties? <laughs> I told you I was gonna fucking do it. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for it. Uh, well, we are here to uh, finish the first season of IGPX, episode seven through thirteen. Uh, but before we do that, let's see what everybody's sipping on. Uh, Danielle, what are you sipping on? I have a black coffee and a smoothie. Ooh, ooh. What, what what's in smoothie? the smoothie? Um, it was just like a bag of like pre-made frozen fruit mix I got from the store. It's like strawberry, banana, cherry, dragon fruit, cranberry, or something along those lines. Ooh. Not bad. Wow. Remember the the Juicero? Sure do. Now, now I do. <laughs> Not that you. <laughs> I don't know why I thought of that. Like when you said like a bag of fruits, I was like, you remember like they sold like a seven hundred dollar juicer for a bag of fruits? Is is this your your segue into talking about the juicero juice you're drinking yeah exactly well what are you drinking oh yeah i was gonna say should i say what i'm drinking <laughs> um sure. i am drinking some cold brew that so i just got a, a a new bag of coffee uh from trade uh we're not sponsored but i do like trade as a service and i had some leftover beans and i was like well i really want to try this new coffee because i'm very impatient um so i took the like i had a few beans left in the grinder so i took those out or i ground those up put them into a container made some cold brew um having it now i don't have any milk uh so i'm just using some of my my pumpkin spice latte syrup which is fine it's good cold brew i generally don't need milk with my cold brew but it's nice to have but uh, the new coffee i got is so good it's from red rooster in floyd virginia um, mm. so not too terribly far from where i am um it is a ethiopian like fermented coffee um like they do i think something called natural processing or dry processing where they essentially let the coffee like dry out in the in the fruit itself so it ferments a little bit so it's kind of like funky it's very complex flavors um i really really dig it um that sounds really good i've had quite a few uh red roosters stuff they've got uh good things i am unironically drinking some coffee from them right now <laughs> oh wow well i am not i don't remember where i got my coffee from but it's pretty good um but yeah i never changed hot coffee black this is like my third cup today so we're, we're going strong uh <laughs> the caffeine has already kicked in uh all right um gonna go fast yeah we're gonna go fast we're caffeinated we're we're <laughs> talking about igpx um so let's just get into it uh we watched episode 7 through 13 so starting off episode 7 is called spring has come uh once again just kind of off the cuff gonna describe these episodes because they're fairly easy to describe um so we're kind of taking a break from the uh you know main season of the ig1 for an igpx all-star festival um they're basically doing like an exhibition race where different uh pilots are doing like heats around uh the igpx track um and so you know they're not directly competing at, on the same like at the track at the same time but takeshi's basically trying to beat uh cunningham's time is his goal um i guess liz does like a arm wrestling fight with one of the edge ray edge raid sorry mechs and loses so if, i imagine like there's got to be other fun competitions like that going on that we don't see uh but anyway and then kind of the b plot while all that's going on is um stuff around mark their engineer which is all fairly weird there's some weird stuff on the fringes of these episodes that we'll talk about but basically mm -hmm. mark is trying to get brought back into his family's corporation by his mother and father who are repeatedly lying to him about the health of his mother which culminates with his mother also lying to his father 
uh to even further try to convince him to like come check up on her and have her like sway him to coming back to their company but of course theme of the show being like the found family of team satomi he's like no i i have a good thing going on with this racing team that i'm with and i like these people i'm gonna stay uh stop lying to me mother <laughs> um and that's pretty much the episode it's kind of a nice break from things i felt but how did y'all feel about this one i mean i liked the um all the uh non-racing shenanigans with the mechs like oh it's cool we're basically having like a fucking home run derby type shit going on that was neat the uh thing with the parents was needlessly complicated in how they wanted to do it i don't know i thought all the lying was just didn't really help anything i don't know that part of the episode didn't really land for me i like that like so yeah i like the exhibition stuff i like the arm wrestling tournament they did where uh team edge raid like uh cheated like liz says they cheated because they this is something i want to talk about at some point um about what each mech can do because teen satomi's um mechs seem to only be able to punch whereas uh edge raid and i guess uh eventually um sludge mama sludge mama sludge sledge or slut sledge sledge um they have like extendo fingers essentially um and that's how the person cheats is they use like their extendo fingers to like grab the ceiling to like force themselves down um it's like that was interesting to kind of introduce that technology um but i did like that the parents were so duplicitous and like you kind of got the information that they that they have this um big company behind them because it comes into uh play in the next episode where miss Atomi's like wait a minute like our sponsor is your parents company mark um and there's almost i the way i read it initially was almost that mark didn't realize that like because they are like so like i the way i imagined or thought of at first was um because of the events of this episode where mark's like no this is the place i belong um the company ended up sponsoring team satomi and then T- uh, miss satomi was like oh you know i don't want handouts and, and mark was like oh no like it's not a handout like, like they generally believe in you or whatever i think they kind of downplay that where it's like no that's coincidentally they were sponsoring them i think um but i did like the the kind of establishment that like his his family life like none of them trust each other to the point where you know mark is talking to his mom what looks to be like on her deathbed or on like a very in a ill hospital or being very ill in the hospital uh and mark more or less knows the whole time like yeah no i know you're not sick you know i I don't trust you kind of thing so i think there's some subtle character things in there um that i liked uh without the context of the next episode it, it is very weird that they brought it up in this episode but i i, I liked it in this in the in conjunction with each other yeah i guess like my weird hang-ups about this stuff in this episode and the stuff that we'll talk about in the next episode is just like it it kind of exists just for there to be like a secondary plot outside of like we've got to win the race but it's like so far to the side and ends up like these these plots end up wrapping up so quickly that they don't actually have that much of a bearing on the the show so it's just a little weird like i i liked it like i had multiple times where i'm like oh his poor mom she's sick at like the start of the episode then you realize she's lying and it's like oh fuck his parents and then like his dad gives him a call it's like no she's actually sick this time you're like oh wow no his poor mom and then find out she's lying to both of them it's like no fuck his mom like all that back and forth was was very fun to watch but it's just kind of like you know like it doesn't really interact with the rest of the the team it's it's real kind of self-contained within this episode and kind of sets up some of the stuff 
in the next one. I just found it a little weird overall. It's not quite like the Ichi stuff in uh, that previous episode we talked about last time, where it's like, oh, well, like we, we need someone to like, you know, build better parts so that we can race better, but we don't have the sp- sponsorship money to just outright like buy the most expensive parts on the line. And so Satomi has to go out and talk to this old mechanic uh, and that stuff like that works better because it interacts more with the main plot. But this, they're kind of more um, disjunct uh, and don't really overlap as much. Um, but yeah, uh, but I really like the exhibition stuff. It's it's a lot of fun for the reasons both of y'all said. Um, I like, um, I guess, I guess part of the way it does interact, well, not the Mark stuff, but some of the stuff that leads into the sponsorship drama in the next episode is like part of the conflict with Takeshi trying to get a fast time is that they've got his mech stuck in like test mode because they're trying to like use the exhibition race as a means of getting sponsors. Um, and so they really want to like show the mech and not do anything too risky and like, um, not test out these new systems that Mark's been working on or whatever. And so Mark eventually is like, you know, kicks part of that into gear for Takeshi so he can like make a like a last minute kind of break at the end of the the heat and almost beats Cunningham's time. And then he still wins based off of like popularity vote, which I thought was fun. Um, so it does interact in that way. And I, I like that stuff. Does he almost beat Cunningham's time? I think Cunningham's time was like seven minutes, 50 seconds. And then Takeshi's was like eight minutes, 20 seconds. I wasn't paying attention to the times, but the way they talk about it is like that last bit of the race. They're like, oh, he's like catching up on uh, Cunningham's time. He's going to beat him. And then at the last second, it's just like, oh, no, it, it wasn't quite enough. Like, to me, it felt like the way that was done felt like it was fairly close, but I didn't pay attention to the times. So I don't know. Yeah, I'd have to, I'd have to double check because I remember thinking, like, wait a minute, that's not that close at all. But then maybe it, maybe it was in the terms because I can't remember because they had one person do it first that was not related. I think they got like eight minutes, 50 seconds. I think Takeshi's like eight minutes, 20 seconds is still like a lot faster than uh, that. But I didn't, maybe I don't know what the relation between how close runs have to be to be close. I don't, I don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, the way they talk about it, because yeah, they say like, oh my God, he's kind of catching up or he's like lapsing his time at this point and then they not quite makes it. And there's a really cool, uh, like, obviously I, I've been a fan of all the animation with the mechs, but a lot of the camera work that they do during uh, Takeshi's lap is really fucking cool. There's lots of, uh, like, because, like, when it's the mech combat stuff, they're much more, like, focused on, like, um, the mech-to-mech stuff. That it, I guess, is, like, the relative velocity of it, that it's, like, you can tell they're going fast because the backgrounds are going by really fast, but we're not actually, like, following the mechs, like, as they speed along too much. Um, we're more focused on when they catch up with each other. Uh, whereas this, because it's just a straight, like, cannonball run type thing, like, you know, you're just watching him go down that track as fast as he can, so they do lots of cool tracking shots, and the camera kind of will, like, pull out in front of him uh as he'll zoom past and things like that that just like i feel like i feel like the emphasis on the speed was all over um both the shots of takeshi's lap and of um uh cunningham's lap uh that i thought were really fun to watch um yeah and there's uh, yeah. uh so the a uh, little detail i love i think it was in this episode and i know it's in a later episode um like at the very end of the of our batch this time was when they're going really fast and like at one point he's like just yelling in later like in a later episode he's yelling cunningham but in this i think he's just yelling like ah but because that he's going so fast and i think at one point he like is up against the wall kind of thing which like you know if you're doing that you would expect like vibrations in your mech you know your mech is shaking so when he's yelling like ah like there's like vibration in it 
like so you really get the feeling of like oh he's like shaking as he's trying to like kind of maintain because when once he exits test mode they talk about how you know it's going to cause the mech to be kind of unpredictable like it's going to pull to the left a little bit more and, and blah, blah 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 so uh it kind of like really accentuates how fast he's going and how almost out of control he is like he's not quite he's riding the line but uh and you really get that in the vocal performance, I thought. Yeah, for sure. I feel like in this batch of episodes, I was much more like aware of Haley Joel Osment's performance, um, like in a positive way, uh, yeah. that I wasn't really focusing on as much the first six episodes. Um, uh, I have a couple other things to say. I'm just not sure <laughs> what to start with, but I guess I'll loop back around to the mech arm wrestling just to say, obviously, that's <laughs> it's so cool. I love <laughs> when... Um, I mean, like this whole show appeals to me because I like when mechs are used for things that aren't just like fighting i mean i guess there's fighting in the show right but the idea of like uh, uh like race car racing but with mechs instead and also they can punch each other is very cool um but i love seeing mechs do things like just arm wrestling and stuff like that like i think of turn a gundam has a lot of incredible like using the turn a gundam for things that are not just shooting other mechs like the turn a will become a bridge uh in one episode uh like use its arms as a bridge to help um uh, like refugees get across or like there's a really standout episode where the turn a like uses like the gyro motion in its hand to wash clothes in a river um i think uh either m or jackson or someone on great gun project this season pointed out how like those images are like really good like uh uh communist mural paintings or whatever like this giant <laughs> humanoid robot washing clothes in the river but like that's that shit is so sick and so just like and it's a funny shot, too, of, like, they've got, like, a literal, like, you know, when you do, like, competitive arm wrestling, you have, like, that small circular table. They've got a giant one of those for the mechs to put their elbows on. Uh, uh, it's just a lot of fun, um, like, a really clever idea um, to throw that in there. I, like I said, I wish there would have been more of that kind of, like, like there has to be other competitions like that going on at an all-star event like that, because there's all kinds of wacky stuff that happens in, like, the MLB all-star game and their NHL all-star game um, that I would have, it would have been cool if they had more time to put that stuff in there. But mm-hmm. um, I guess the other thing to mention about this episode, kind of plot-wise, is this is when, like, at the end of this episode, uh, this is kind of when uh, Fontaine and um, Takeshi's, like, relationship starts, and that kind of goes into the next episodes. Um, I think there's some, like, nervous glances and stuff like that exchanged in this episode but it really just like starts at the end where they sit next to each other um in in like the vip section which i thought was really cool there's a lot of really cool like us seeing just more of the world in these episodes and to see like oh this is where like the vip people sit and it's like this gigantic like you know kind of what you expect of a vip section in like a football stadium but like even bigger and like personal like couch sections and stuff and it's like all like kind of overhanging overlooking parts of the track so that was like very cool design wise it's nice to see that that stuff if you could imagine it being easy to just forget to like put the camera in in places like that in a show like this but it's cool that they're like kind of showing you those parts of the world it is kind of funny that the you know the i guess at that point he had i think he had won the exhibition uh via popular vote so he is the the exhibition winner like star pilot and Fontaine's like, this is the VIP section. You could get in a lot of trouble if they catch you up here. It's like, oh, okay, I guess that like marks where he still is in, in terms of the pecking order. He's still just a, a pilot, not a VIP. Granted, he, she's just kind of poking fun at him. But I just imagine like, man, I'm going to yell at Peyton Manning for sitting in the box at the football game. <laughs> um, 
there's one uh uh i pulled out a couple quotes in some of these episodes because there was there's stuff that i liked or li- made me laugh um this i liked in this episode liz uh i think liz is trying to like encourage uh takeshi before his um his lap and uh, uh he's just like kind of down on himself or whatever um and uh after like seeing cunningham's like like really impressive lap and Liz is just like how on earth did you get so lame man and he just responds with I, I don't know <laughs> it's like yeah. he's not refuting it he's just like that beats me but I am I thought that was funny there's there's lots of I I like that it really feels like these seven episodes kind of mark the point of like oh they're like they really like are like a team unit now so like mm-hmm. Amy Liz and Takeshi all play off each other really well in these episodes after their kind of initial like oh we've got to learn to work together stuff in the first six episodes yeah no for sure um but that's all I got did y'all have anything else about this episode is this the episode where we I can't remember if it's this episode or next where we find out that Amy's pilot suit has a tail and ears um that is next I think next episode is the one I noticed it because that's when I okay that that's that's notes. probably right then yeah I I noticed it this episode <laughs> the 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 plug suit no no Bad. the only thing I really <laughs> noticed in this episode is like there was a scene of uh, Liz and Takeshi on the stairs that was edited in like this really weird way that was cutting like way too much i don't know it was disorienting to me Mm, can't say i noticed that that was also i was also probably (laughs) busy trying to write down their lines so Mm. maybe i just wasn't paying attention enough um okay well we'll move on to episode eight which uh before i say the title imagine uh peter cullen uh aka optimus prime as we talked about last episode who narrates the toonami version uh which unfortunately y'all were not able to watch but i watched so imagine peter cullen saying this title (laughs) because it's very funny uh, I like you, I like you, I love you is the name of episode eight. Um, so kind of the season's back on. It's Team Skylark versus Team Satoshi. Uh, and now that um, kind of Takeshi and Fontaine are an item, uh, the concern kind of from uh, everybody on Team Satomi is like, uh, hey, Takeshi, are you going to be able to like beat up your girlfriend? <laughs> like, you know, you're <laughs> going to have to do that, right? Um, and so like the, you know, the race starts out and... Um, you know, it's kind of seeming like he's not really giving it his all because, you know, uh, he cares for her and they've developed this relationship recently. Um, but eventually he'll, you know, realize like, oh, yeah, no, I can't go easy on her. And I guess we get a flashback where she's literally like, hey, Takeshi, please don't go easy on me. <laughs> um, and so they go all out and it's kind of like, I guess, a, in a series of photo finishes that happen, although they're kind of like second and third or third and fourth, but like they both kind of slide over the the finish line after they've beaten the shit out of each other and uh Takeshi just barely uh beats her out in the end um and so they go on to win and I think it's yeah it's winning that race that then um it's not like uh, there's not like a finals bracket or whatever but it's basically like if they win this race then they get to face team sludge mama again and then if they win that race they get to go to the finals against team Velstein. so i don't know if that's like a team sludge mama and uh team satomi were tied in the rankings and had to like face it off again to like break that tie or um if the way the league is just set up it's like the top two team or like the top three teams number one gets a bye and then two teams two and three have to fight each other to see who faces the number one team i don't know they don't really spell that out um so it wasn't clear but basically like this 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 race is like a our our chances of making it to the finals are like riding on us winning this um at the end of the season and they win 
Um, and then I guess Takeshi and uh, Fontaine have like a uh, scene of like uh, you know kind of talking about their their race together. Um, but that's that's mostly the episode. It's just kind of uh, oh I guess I I forgot to mention the the B plot we alluded to with Mark of um, which again doesn't really have much bearing on the episode. I, I guess I guess it kind of does, but um, Mark is being investigated by Miss Satomi for his past. She kind of figures out that he's. Uh, the son of his parents. Apparently, he lied to her about his past and who his parents were and his education and how much money you know he comes from and things like that. And so this is that coming out and him basically just being like, "Well, it hasn't affected my performance as your engineer, and like I'm not doing anything. Me or my parents aren't doing anything illegal, so it's all fine." And she's like, "Oh, I guess it is all fine." And then that's that, uh, which you can see why I might think that's weird because <laughs> a whole lot of tension built up, and then she's like, "Oh, I guess it's fine." Sure. Um, well. Yeah, yeah, I mean, she, so her angle is, you know, she thinks that he's supporting the team or his his family supporting the team as like a give me like it's it's oh, my dad works for this company and the company's sponsoring the the team because my dad works for the company kind of thing. And and Mark is like, no, you know, my dad may look easygoing, but he really like he would not give handouts to anyone, even me. Um, uh, in, in more or less, like, I think the line is, um, you know, we're, we're teammates, a, a win for the team or something good for the team is something good for all of us, uh, kind of thing. So it's kind of like, a uh, like, yes, it is kind of like hand wavy where it's like, oh, like, you know, nothing bad's happening. So like, it's fine, but it is kind of a way of him asserting that, you know, it's, they're not opposing each other. It's not like, oh, I'm hiding this from you. And like, as a result, you know, I have you wrapped under my finger because i'm your patron or whatever it's like no like that's not my life uh we've earned this like we're good enough for this kind of sponsor and um you know we're remember we're a team uh kind of the the uh, kind of revisiting the, the found family found community in it's it's good for all of us if if this happens this way uh, mm-hmm. though it is kind of interesting that like, it is it is like almost implied that like i'm gonna get to the bottom of this and i'm gonna fire mark because he's lying to me but then it's like oh no he, he's doing fine doing whatever um, we also yeah. find out that river is on sledge mama in this episode i think um yes yeah i, I think so uh it's kind of dropped i think like it's like andre is talking to amy he's like he just he kind of drops it on her it's like okay mm-hmm. um uh let's see so um Fun thing about this episode that I glossed over in my summary is uh, the start of the episode, we get some, like, newspaper headlines, magazine article pages, and, like, uh, uh, news footage uh, reporting on Fontaine and Takeshi's relationship that's, like, sparked controversy. And so there's some funny details of, like, uh, there's, like, people out protesting <laughs> against their yeah, relationship. My, my note here is, I've decided Fantine's fans who don't like Takeshi are lesbians, and I are not taking feedback on this. <laughs> so, there we go. Uh, there's there's a really good poster that says, like, racing, not dating, and, like, <laughs> uh, we, we, we don't approve of Satomi Lark, which I guess is their ship name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah in the crowd i think it's explicitly said or at least in that that shot it is all women like they make yeah. a big thing about everything with team skylark is all women the the team is all women the fans are all women <laughs> and very evidently all lesbian uh there's takeshi also has a line where he says i've gotten over ten thousand hate emails in the last <laughs> two days and i think at the end of the episode uh when him and 
uh, uh, Fontaine are having their like post race uh, like date or whatever. Uh, he's like, I guess I'm gonna have to change my email address, and she's just <laughs> like, Well, make sure you give me the new one. Um, I just thought that stuff was really funny. It's not like treated with like too much severity, but it's like fun backgrounding for the race. Um, as you as you pointed out, this is uh, uh, where I guess me and Danny noticed. Uh, but I, I guess if we went back to older episodes, you'd probably be able to see it. It's just like it's not super noticeable. Like I don't know if there's been a shot where you can see the full tail. But yeah, Amy's uh, uh, pilot suit does have a cat tail uh, and has cat ears, which I did notice. I don't think we commented on last time, but it does have cat ears, but it's also got a cat tail, which is very cute. Um, Luca and Amy continue to be the best, and there's a really good line in this episode where uh, it's during the race when Fontaine is uh, starting to attack Takeshi after she like lured him in or whatever, and Liz goes, she was toying with him like a mouse on a string. And at that like instant, simultaneously amy and luca just go a mouse <laughs> just like i love this like cat hive mind that they have sometimes where they just both like are thinking the same thing it's very mm-hmm. good I, I was getting a little frustrated during the race i mean you know it's a show it has dramatic tension whatever the fact that takeshi despite every literally everyone around him you know his his teammates his management his his girlfriend all of them saying, hey, beat your girlfriend in mech racing. And he's still like, I don't know. I don't know if I can do it. I'm like, come on, just just do it, please. And then finally at the end, he does it. And it almost, they, they say, I think in the next episode that like, like the Johnny, the little fan is like, oh, like, you know, uh, like both of you fell over the line together. And, and he's like, oh, that was an accident. Um, like how he almost like accidentally takes her out of the race. I think there's like, some, I can't remember the exact how it happens but like they basically fall into each other and then just like scoot across yeah. the end line together so it was a it was a semi-frustrating thing where i was like come on takeshi you could do it but i guess like it frustrating in a good way where it's like come on man you got this let's go Be yeah because he finally it. like like stops uh, uh messing around and and like actually starts fighting back against her and mm. that kind of makes it worth it uh this is when it would have been uh, beneficial for them to keep rivers on the team because then you just go hey our backup forward doesn't have any baggage issues with one of the other team's pilots let's put him in instead this race mm-hmm. uh, R- rivers could have taken her um we saw how he was in the or we see how he is in the next race like he's a good pilot um i do gotta say like i i hate like the arc of like oh she's a girl that i like i can't be treat her as an equal in sports that would be rude and it's like fuck off I agree. It's a it's a it's a fraught trope. I don't think it's like done. it's not like particularly egregious here or anything. It's just the trope. Yeah, sucks. yeah, exactly. Yeah, but like if you had never seen an episode of anime that that did this exact thing, exact same thing before, because it's definitely uh, a common trope. Um, I don't think this would be like the the one that would turn you off from it. Like it's it's mostly fine. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I mean, I mean, in real life, if I'm competing against someone that I'm in a relationship with. I do feel weird about just like granted I've never like done like a competition competition like a sports thing but like you know playing games playing like a a pickup game of sports or whatever together you feel weird about like or at least I do uh like dunking on them kind of thing Uh, and that's I mean in this context there is a winner and a loser it's not like just oh like we had fun um so it, it kind of reads reasonable to me that it's like oh you know this person that I'm romantically involved with is on the other team. I feel weird about like using my mech to, to slam the shit out of them. Um, so I can, I can see it from that angle. 
Um, I didn't necessarily read it as like, oh, they're a girl and therefore I can't. I feel weird about doing that, but I, I think the the romantic feelings are are reasonable to me. Yeah, and like I, I definitely don't think the show is taking the angle of like, oh, I can't. Like, there's also a world they could do this episode where it's not they're not even in a relationship and Takeshi has weird hangups about like punching a girl in a mech or whatever, but like they don't do that at all. Like there's no weird like gender essentialism about it. It's just like, mm-hmm. oh, this is someone I'm romantically involved with. It's a little bit weird for me to go all out on them. Um, mm-hmm. And he doesn't even like voice it. Like that's clearly the hangup, but he doesn't have like any sort of line that's like, I can't beat her up. I love her or any, any typical anime bullshit like that. It's literally just like kind of all like an internal struggle and everybody else recognizes what's going on. So I think it's it's mostly fine. Like definitely been done done mm-hmm. worse in other shows. It's just maybe a little bit like hard to say because it's a 15 year old show, but definitely feels a bit fraught at this point of like, eh, if you were writing that episode nowadays, you'd probably just be like, no, we've done this before. Let's find another angle of of going about it or whatever. Yeah, I'm um, I'm glad that the thing that sparks him out of it is not Fontaine during the race being like, come on, Takeshi, beat me up or anything like that. It's like, you know, he just kind of comes to the realization himself alone that, yes, I need to win the, like, she had said, you know, please don't, like, hold back on me before the race had happened. But I feel like in other shows, they might have the the other person literally say, like, come on, Takeshi, beat me up. Uh, and they don't go that far, thankfully. Um, yeah. So, yeah, no, I mean, it's a, it's a trope, but, you know, I don't know. It's hard to escape them sometimes, I guess. I just wanted to, like, bring up the fact that it's a not great trope. It's not, like, terrible mm-hmm. in the show but <laughs> yeah definitely there have been some times where it's like oh man this this is a a really bad way of doing this trope uh in this way i can just say it's yeah it's neutral it's fine it's whatever it definitely like does feel like the kind of show and comes from the era where like these things could be much worse than they are so it is kind of <laughs> oh my god <laughs> nice to see yeah. them like on the, the the greener side of the pasture but what if i hurt her concerned? girl mech her girl mech is so dainty <clears throat> no <laughs> And it definitely helps that the show was produced for, like, primetime Cartoon Network and not, like, airing at, like, midnight Cartoon Network, because th- this show would absolutely be incredibly sexist if it was, like, produced for, like, Adult Swim-era <laughs> Toonami and not Cartoon Network-era Toonami. Yeah. Um, so, or hell, even if it if this was just, like, a production IG original, no Cartoon Network involvement at all, it'd probably be more sexist. Um, not gonna lie. Um mm. Uh, the end of this episode has one of my favorite little character moments uh, in this entire batch that we watched. Um, it's what I like to call character development, where uh, Liz is like laying on the couch post race and sees Luca on the ground, and she like pats on her stomach and is like, "Come here, Luca," and lets Luca lay on her lap. Um, I, we call that character growth. It was beautiful to see. <laughs> uh, I like that Luca is is treated as like a legitimate member of the team. Like, there's. Um, some stuff later where they talk about like oh like like amy like you and luca are able to like do this together or whatever kind of stuff where it's like yeah it's not just like gimmicky thing of like yeah we've got a cat in the cockpit of one of our mechs it's like no luca luca's a valuable part of the team yeah and, and um, a- after this episode i don't remember when it starts it might be like towards the end of this batch but liz starts being able to like understand luca which is you know again character growth baby and this was also kind of the introduction of, and I think they might have a little whispers in it in the last batch of episodes we watched, but the reason she's like on the couch and like asks Luca to sit, like lay on her, uh, at least the way I read it, because it was juxtaposed with uh, 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 Takeshi and Fantine like finally starting to like make it official of what they are. Uh, mm-hmm. And then you see Liz alone on the couch. So it's, it's starting to ramp like 
ramp up yeah. like hey liz is kind of upset about this uh, and you know has feelings for takeshi that she hasn't said out loud yeah there's some stuff in the last episode that i didn't really mention of like liz trying to like uh spur takeshi on and she's like you just gotta have passion man and he like doesn't get it when liz says it to her and then like at the end of the race when he's talking with fontaine she's like wow you did it you really had passion out there He's like, wow, you're right, Fantine. I did have passion. <laughs> it's like, you idiot. I, I like that kind of stuff. It's really sappy, but uh, it's good. I, if I remember correctly how that stuff goes, I think I'm going to continue to like the kind of, uh, I guess not a full relationship triangle, right? But that kind of stuff uh, as it develops. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have much else to say about the actual episode, but I do want to say, uh, you know how... I know, Daddy, you've played this game. I've not played this game, but I've watched a lot of other people play this game. You know how Hitman 2 has that level that takes place to, like, the Miami racetrack? Yep. What if that, but it's, like, an IGPX uh, (laughs) racetrack? Because we get some cool shots at the beginning of this episode of, like, the players, like, arriving at the stadium and going into the hangar bay and, like, the crowd of, like, bystanders, like, taking pictures and ogling and stuff. I was like, yeah, this is is just like that Hitman map. Uh, it's a very fun image. Agent 47 planted the worm. Oh my god. Oh my god. We'll get to the, the worm in a few, but but yes, that, that's my headcanon. <laughs> um, anybody else got anything about I like you, I like you, I love you? I'm, I'm going to uh, edit your voice uh, for that, like make it really low <laughs> and uh, put like a, a robot filter over it so we can get close to Peter Collin. The way he says it, it's just like, wow, like he saw that and it's like, well, I guess I have to say this. <laughs> <laughs> I got to go for it um no i mean i I like tom kenny i I feel like we haven't mentioned him too terribly often but uh he's the announcer for all the races and he is as always a gem in this yeah for sure um kind of a a constant throughout the show Mm -hmm. um okay well we'll move on to episode nine which is just called holiday uh as the name implies this is kind of like a uh the teams all get some downtime between now and when they're gonna do their like uh rematch with sludge mama before the finals um and so uh you know fontine and takeshi are trying to spend time together but it's starting to become really hard for them because they're you know famous mech pilots kind of showing takeshi's like really starting to become a lot more popular since the show began um and so they have to do the the classic trope of like oh we've got to wear hats and sunglasses to blend in so that people don't spot us but here comes fucking johnny lipkin from like the first episode takeshi super fans like oh you're takeshi and that's fontaine blowing their cover uh and then fontaine because she's french i assume this is why uh has uh a a table at a very fancy restaurant that they they hide away to uh where johnny lipkin is their third wheel on their date takeshi's like (laughs) at multiple points like wow i think it's getting dark time for you to go home johnny lipkin uh the whole time they've also been being followed by liz who i guess is just trying to like see what's up with takeshi and and fontaine uh fontaine and also being followed by some thugs uh which by the end of the episode the implication is that they're being um they were hired by team sledge mama to to put some heat on them before before their race we'll we'll loop back to that when the thugs come back in a later episode but they basically try to beat the shit out of slash kidnap i'm not really sure what their ultimate goal was but they try to to. kill takeshi like knock him off like a very tall building yeah Mm -hmm. uh um but through the help of of johnny lipkin who also does judo um and uh liz who's able to like kind of uh help him out defeat the bad guys uh they they make it out 
safe, but ooh boy, was that a close one. Uh, also in this episode, uh, Johnny Lipkin and a bunch of other boys get a tour of the IGPX building. That's a thing that happened. Uh, not super important, but it happens. Um, I guess that's most of the episode. It's just like a, like a date episode for uh, Takeshi and, and Fontaine. Uh, we learned some stuff about IGPX history from IGPX historian uh, Johnny Lipkin. Uh, mm-hmm. We learn about video games a lot, uh, uh, which we can talk about. Um, but yeah, it's a, that's another kind of uh, like a bit of a breather episode. No, no mechs in this episode, which I I liked a lot. I thought this was a fun episode. Yeah, I liked the uh, like the date stuff. That was cute. But uh, fuck Liz in this episode, just. <sighs> Yeah. It's just using, like, another tired trope that I sort of hate. I do like that Fontaine is, Fontaine is on, like, knows it's her the entire time. Like, Liz is like, oh, I'm being so sneaky. And then there's one point where they are, they're going on, like, a one of those moving sidewalks that you see in the airport, I guess. But they're not in the airport. They're in the city. They just have moving sidewalks, whatever. Um, and Fontaine, like, looks back and smiles at her. Not in like a like a haha I have your man kind of way, but just like a literal like oh hey and Liz is like oh she, she's known I've been here the whole time um, mm-hmm. because and I think she the first time she notices them is when they're going sunglasses shopping, uh, which is very funny that uh, like Takeshi picks out like the smallest pair of sunglasses ever like those are not disguised sunglasses those are like oh I it's kind of bright out today sunglasses uh, whereas Fontaine has like big ones like a big hat. Um, and then they go to the French restaurant. But uh, yeah, no, I liked I liked everything in this episode. It was, uh, I mean, yeah, Liz is kind of being shitty and like should respect boundaries. Uh, but it is, I guess, a trope, uh, a, a trope that I'm less forgiving of than the oh my girlfriends and the other mech kind of thing. But uh, yeah, no, um, the whole thing with Johnny is an interesting subplot. It has uh, the best bad apology ever, where. Like, so they go to the IGP tour thing, and Johnny's friends all kind of ditch him, uh, and he's not able to get, like, an autograph from Takeshi or whatever. And later, you know, Johnny's being, you know, sad about it, uh, and the fact that his friends are, were kind of giving him shit about a low score on the video game simulator, because it's, like it's like a mech simulator thing, almost. Um, and his friend is like, oh, are you down about that? Sorry, Takeshi was there, and I was so distracted, I had to get his autograph. And it's like, dude, you fucking idiot! Like that's why he's upset. Um, but yeah, no, I uh, I like this episode. I liked the fight scene. The fight scene was like really well done. I thought. Yeah, some some good animation. In that. I I really dug all the video game stuff. There's like you said, the like arcade machine that they they mention. It's like. Oh yeah, it's like pretty close to the real thing. It's like that's mm-hmm. crazy that you could just go into an arcade. Uh and like Johnny Lipkins like I think the first time we see him do it, he gets like a, a CC rank and then he does it again to like prove himself he gets a double A rank. So we got a up and coming uh IGPX hotshot uh, in mm-hmm. the making. Uh there's also they they talk a lot about video games, Johnny Lipkin, uh Fontaine and um uh Takeshi at the restaurant and they talk like Fontaine and uh Takeshi have a moment where they realize like oh we both like our first IGPX video game was the same like 2D side scrolling game I was like what the fuck does that look like what is a 2D (laughs) side scrolling uh IGPX game Uh, I also love how like this big popular 2D side scroller in like 2030 is something they uh both played (laughs) yeah 
<laughs> Which this was this. I mean, this was released in the anime was released in two thousand five. I think the PS two was a thing at that point. You, you probably wouldn't use the three six. Like the next era started, the three sixty was out by then. Oh, okay. Yeah, three sixty yeah. was out that year, and PS three was out the following year. Yeah, sorry though. The all <laughs> this is an alternate timeline where <laughs> all we have it's it's all the same. The only difference is the the three sixty and and PS three never came out, and they only had side scrollers. The the 360 never coming out is the flashpoint for, like, a world where we have uh, uh, F1 but with mechs. Damn, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> it's that Future City meme, but it's if the, the Xbox yeah. 360 never came out. Yeah. Society of Microsoft never made video game consoles. <laughs> um, um, I also like they're um, in the, the same arcade where Johnny's... Uh, playing the igpx game uh fontine and takeshi seem like they're playing an arcade version of the game they're always playing on their like future psps uh and they do a thing where fontine's like no takeshi you don't have to attack this monster you can just show it like love and kindness and it'll get out of the way <laughs> i was like is this undertale what's going on <laughs> it was yeah you weren't the only one who was thinking that <laughs> yeah well and she keeps like whipping out these new modes like so Takeshi says he always does battle mode, and then Fontaine's like, you should try chat mode. And then in to show friendship, oh, switch to friend mode. And then she also mentions, like, have you done night mode? Like, what the fuck is this game? Is it Undertale? <laughs> oh, God. There's, there's a whole, like, lore bible somewhere of, of all the video games in this, uh, in this <laughs> fictional world that I would love to read. It's a um, game theory I, I hope video. we continue. <laughs> Got Matt Pat. Do not <laughs> make an IGPX video. Uh. I do hope we get more uh, video game shenanigans as we we go into the second season, though, because I enjoy it a lot. Although, spoilers, the final episode does end with Takeshi being like, I'm done with the PSP. The PSP has no games, actually, and then gives it to his sister. But please don't Um, delete my saves. (laughs) I worked really hard. (laughs) Um, My Chrono Trigger save file, you can't delete it. I named all my NPCs curse words, and they're all... Who are we talking about here, Austin? Uh, anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was like, going back to what I said about a previous episode, it was really nice to see a lot of the world outside of uh, the racetrack. Um, it's not like we saw any... I, I, like, the arcade stuff was genuinely cool to see, and but other than that, we just see, like, shopping districts and uh, the fancy restaurant that Fontaine has a table at. Like, she's at the door, and she's like, oh, is my table still available? I was like, what do you mean your table? Um, but oh, Monsieur, yeah, she is very funny in that. Like me and you were talking about this dating, where she's got a very strange accent. Where it like you said, it sounds like someone whose native language is French, and they learned English from a British person. Yeah, Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know about France's education, and none of this is me in real world thinking about this. This none of this is even explored a little bit in the show. But allow me this tangent. Um, I don't know how France's education system is, like how they. uh, I believe English is like a mandatory like language to learn. Uh, I don't know if they have just French speaking people who also speak english and they learn it that way or if they like ask or like hire british people to because you know britain britain's right there uh to to teach it but yeah no it very much sounds like a british or a french person either a french person with a british accent or a british person trying to do a french accent it's very weird like when she says mon ami it sounds like french 
But then every other word she says, it's like this weird blend between French and English. I'm like, oh, what's going on here? Yeah, it's very strange. And then she does just like it. It's not like the um, <laughs> the Far Cry Six uh, has this problem apparently of like every other word being French for no reason because like nobody talks like that. But it's the more realistic thing, I guess, of like just every now and then a specific phrase she'll say in in French, like "Oh, Takeshi, mon ami." Uh, it always comes across as like a like she's not consciously thinking about it. It's just like oh, the French slips out uh, mm-hmm. every now and then. Uh, but I I do like that. I think that's I think that's fun. Um, it's cool that like characters in the show do have like noticeable nationalities, even if like uh, production IG's way of indicating someone is American is an affinity towards hot dogs and chili. <laughs> um. That was the best part of this episode where they're, they're at what looks to be like a, a fancy like pavilion restaurant or whatever. And uh, he's explaining the virtues of the chili dog to, to Fontaine. And then she just turns around and goes, I'll have, I'll have a coffee actually. <laughs> it's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> Yeah, of it's course, like, my brain hearing a character talk about chili dogs immediately goes to Sonic Underground before anything else. <laughs> yeah, they also uh-huh. go fast. So. But it's like they're they're sitting outside. They're being waited on by someone in like you know like a a waiter's tux, um, <laughs> and he's like explaining the menu. He's like, "Oh, you won't believe it. They have they have the best chili dogs here." And she's like, "What's a chili dog?" Um, uh. And then he's like, we can get that or, oh my god, they have chili fries, would you believe it? As if that's like like a high class cuisine. Uh, <laughs> that you're right, she's like, no thanks, I'll have some coffee. Yeah. Um, and then I guess she gets some, some real food at the French restaurant they go to later. Mm. Yeah, because he gets, um, he's like a chili dog with extra chili. I can't remember what drinks he gets, but the drink is also very silly. It's an orange like, soda, I think. Orange soda. Oh, it's, yeah. it's yeah. a fucking Fanta. <laughs> <laughs> And then coffee, please. Um, I think that's all I got. This is a fairly like simple episode, but it was I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, no, I mean I uh, I like the um all the character stuff in this. Like, it's not like setting anything too in stone. It's not like oh, this is the moment where because uh, Takeshi like has a, a gift for Fontaine. It looks like a ring box. Like it's like oh my god, is he gonna fucking propose? And then uh, one of the thugs steps on it anyway. Um, so they don't like do anything where it's like, aha, now they're going to get engaged or anything, anything big like that. They just kind of have like nice fleshing out moments. Um, I was kind of surprised that the judo thing paid off so quickly. Uh, you know, Takeshi's talking to Johnny and he's like, you know, in judo, you just have to go for their legs. Just like fucking tackle them, which I don't think is how judo works, but whatever. Um, and I don't think that's how judo works, but that's definitely how Takeshi thinks judo works like a hundred percent. If anything, I think in judo, you're supposed to expect the other person's going to tackle you and you like you use their energy against them kind of thing. But um, I thought it was going to come back because, you know, Johnny's in judo and he like at the beginning, he's like shown failing uh, like some judo t- or he's like in a judo practice for a judo test. And like, I was like, oh, it's going to come back. He's going to do that judo test and just like tackle a guy or whatever. But then it comes back in the fight scene where he just uh, goes for the legs. Liz is getting carried away, and and Johnny just fucking tackles him, uh, going for the legs. Uh, I yeah, do no. like uh, how Liz gets involved in the fight scene where um, one of the thugs, like, or maybe it, maybe it's it's someone on the rooftop, like in the fight, throws a chair off the the roof, mm-hmm. and it like as Liz is standing up, the chair lands like where she was sitting before she stood up. She's like, "What the <laughs> fuck is that?" I thought that was very good. Okay. So episode 10 is called Showdown. 
this is the you know what i think i'm going to talk about episode 10 and 11 at the same time i've changed my mind so because this episode 10 and 11 is like uh the race against team sledge mom it's kind of split up over two episodes so i think we can safely talk about these two together um episode 10 is uh you know kind of the build up to the teen sledge mama race um they you know we talked about rivers is now on teach sledge sledge mama sledge mama's uh, team captain uh, I'm just going to call him Mark Hamill. He has a name, but he's Mark Hamill. Um, decides that Rivers is going to be their forward, and he, who's normally forward, is going to be like their midfielder, and then their midfielder is just going to like sit this one out um, so that uh, Takeshi and Rivers can kind of go head-to-head. Um, and um, uh, there's there's some lead-up to the race. I mean, we, we get a lot of, you know, just like kind of character bits, small character moments of everybody kind of mentally preparing themselves for the race, which both this race and the next race get uh but we also see some more stuff about rocket or rocket g the like older uh igpx pilot that um takeshi looks up to um i guess he's like thinking about this guy as he's leading up to this this race that means a whole lot because this determines if they get to go to the finals against velstein or not um uh so it's all that they, they get ready for the race uh and very quickly into the race uh takeshi realizes something's not right with his mech after having like a hard time figuring out what is actually wrong with his mech, Mark realizes that it's a parasite, like a mech parasite, uh, that's infected his mech. Uh, apparently, it's a like a military grade thing, uh, and it kind of like worms its way around and disables things. And basically, like if it like gets to the core of his mech, it'll just completely shut it down after long enough. Um, so they have to like do an emergency uh, pit maneuver to. Uh, they, they basically like they figure out where it is while they're in the pit it's like in one of his legs or arms I think it's a leg and they just like okay we're taking that leg off and putting on a new leg and then uh, kind of back to the race um, and I think that's where the first episode ends and then the second episode is like uh, you know the rest of the race Takeshi and, and Rivers are kind of fighting it out Rivers is like kind of proving he can hold his own against Takeshi the thing he's been saying all season long uh, but then Takeshi kind of is able to kind of push through and and beat one out over him uh although it is very close it's a photo finish between the two of them uh although another photo finish later on but this photo finish we don't actually see like a photo <laughs> or like a shot of like the race line it's like they they pass and it's impossible to tell uh and then like a shot of the like um uh like the race tv board or whatever saying like team satomi wins so they they managed to pull it out there um and then we get some time spent on the victory uh which is really um cute uh there's a uh, i guess we'll, we'll talk about that stuff uh and then they spend some time at the end of episode 11 kind of preparing for their race against team velstein uh where they talk about the technique that knocked them out so quickly in the last race against them called uh the indiragamano uh which we can talk about um but that's that's mostly it it's just like the the race between the two of them uh and i guess uh, other thing pointing out is we learn at the end of the race against sledge mama that it wasn't sledge mama that sent those thugs after them those thugs were just crazy sledge mama fans that were like taking things into their own hands and uh decided to fuck up team satomi for some reason and so uh one last confrontation with the thugs team sledge mama helps beat them up to kind of be like hey we race dirty but not that kind of dirty um so even even crazy mark hamill has standards Um, but what did y'all think about the Teen Sledge Mama episode? I liked the race. I was not a huge fan of the twist being, actually, all the sabotage wasn't them. Aha. Uh-huh. Oh, I actually like that twist. Because uh, they, they, 
they do a lot to really make you think that it's Sledge Mama because, you know, Mark Hamill's character's, like, face is very, like, snake-like, like, think... Um, Orochimaru. Orochimaru, yeah. It's, as like, The whole time I was like, oh my god, Orochimaru's in this show. Um, uh, so you really think that's what's happening, and, like, they talk about, like, the... the um, the worm is like like oh this is like military grade or whatever and like you're like okay maybe like sludge mommy could have like that funding like it is a little weird that some random fans have that a source to a military grade hardware like that but whatever um yeah no i i was like oh my god like you know because they talk about like oh we're gonna we're gonna shut down the race or we have to call off the race and and andre's like there are thousands of people expecting a race you know we've got to put on a show god damn it (laughs) yeah exactly um and so then to find out like no it's because they're like oh like sludge mama's here to watch like when the so the thugs like are in like the like victory tunnel or or wherever they are um and like they're like oh we're gonna have to like fight these guys and they see sludge mama you know at the other end of the tunnel like oh they're they're here to watch those sick fucks and and then they come and beat the shit out of them because they you know they're like we're not we don't fight that dirty i liked it i think they they did enough to muddy the waters and we don't know enough about sludge mama to know like oh would they really stoop that low kind of thing um so i think it paid off really well personally yeah i like that like there's no like red herrings really it's not like Oh, Yama from Team Sledge Mama is suspiciously close to the uh, mech hangar bay of uh, Team Satomi. What's he doing over there? Like, nothing like that. Like, it's just like, they just kind of assume the worst from Team Sledge Mama. Mm-hmm. And then, like you said, that moment at the end, like that that one fake out of like, oh, these sick fucks are going to watch us get beaten up. They they just love to see us uh, um, uh, get get beat to shit. And then they like just like hop in and beat the shit out of the thugs for them. It's like, oh no, that's cool. Like I, I like that, and I do like the sentiment of like, yeah, we we fight dirty on the the track, but not like, like we're not gonna hire thugs to beat you up. Like we're just, it'd be like if like a basketball team was doing that. Mm-hmm. It's like like no, like LeBron James is not gonna hire thugs to beat up Kevin Durant. Like literally Tanya Harding, <laughs> the ice skater. Yeah, the exactly. Like um. Yeah, and and I, cause I, the way I thought it was gonna be, I thought Mark Hamill's character was gonna be like, ah, you figured us out, and Rivers was gonna be like, oh my god, like you did this kind of. Th-. I think River was not gonna be in on it, and like that was gonna cause him to come back to see Team Satomi, and obviously that's not what happens. And if anything, River seems to be more at peace with being on Team Sludge Mama. Like he, you know, he shakes. Takeshi's hand, he's like, you know, I really understand you now, like, now that I've raced against you kind of thing, um, and uh, 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 oh, fuck, there's one more thing. (laughs) Completely blanked on it. Keegan was, uh, messing with the blinds. Um, yeah, those two things, whatever. (laughs) Yeah, um, yeah, that stuff worked for me, even if it is a a little bit silly. Um, I agree, the race is cool. It's, uh, it was nice to have Rivers, uh, or is it just keep saying rivers i think it's just river river yeah no Mm -hmm. it's not plural river yeah Um, i mean yeah i like the stuff with river wanting the fair fight i just thought the the fake out with the thugs was i don't know yeah that's fair oh i remember the last thing um uh takeshi has a, a kind of a throwaway line where they're talking about river being on sledge mama and andre had said when River left, like, or before River left, like, you know, you just kind of have to wait it out. Like, you're going to get your chance in the spotlight. You just kind of wait it out. Um, 
And Takeshi straight up says in this, oh, he would have never been able to race if he stayed on uh, Team Satomi. I was like, oh, okay, I mean, good for him. I guess he left, good for him. Uh, it was kind of a weird like admission by Takeshi. They're like, oh yeah, he had never had a chance of, of doing anything with us kind of thing. Yeah, um, I find it funny that, um, uh, oh god, I forget um, the names of the other two, but there's uh, Yama... Dima, <laughs> Yama, Dima, because they all have a like, ma at the end. Yeah, because they're Team Sledge Mama. Uh, yeah, it's Yama, Dima, and Timma, uh, and I think it's I, I, it's either Dima or Timma that gets like uh, a benched for this race so that River could take over. But it's like River doesn't belong on this team. He doesn't have uh, doesn't have a name that rhymes with Mama. He's got to change his name. Uh, <laughs> it's ruining the team dynamic. But I thought that was funny. Um, I do really like the bit of they're like yeah we should call off this race like this is insane it's like a military grade thing that's like fuck it up Takeshi's back um and then just insisting like no the race must go on uh it was funny to me like I can I can get over that it's like of course obviously if that was really happening they probably would have and should have at least stopped the race like investigate and see what's going on to a restart or whatever but uh, i thought that was fun um yeah it was weird that there wasn't an option to like oh let's just like restart the race kind of thing mm-hmm. but i guess it's either all or nothing <laughs> um i did make a note about being annoyed that we didn't get to see the photo finish photo finish but then the team velstein race does make up for that so uh, in in hindsight, it's fine, but I was a bit annoyed by that. It's like you can't do a photo finish and then not like show like Takeshi just slightly over the line, um, but it's because they're gonna do that <laughs> in the finale, so they can't do it now. Um, uh, but I like that this race, along with the one before and the one after it, are both like kind of neck and neck at the end. Um, mm-hmm. uh, they all had like you know nice tension leading up to the end. Uh, I this is the episode that I made note of it, and then like I think Jesse like catches him doing it in a later episode. But I I like Mark uh, has this thing where he like talks to the mechs. He's like, "Wow, y'all did really great out there." Just like in an empty hangar talking to the three mechs. It's like, "Wow, you really pulled it out for us, huh?" Uh, uh, which uh, we love a weirdo. Uh, but I you know he a hundred percent like has personalities that he projects onto the the mechs. It's like, well, Takashi's mech is a little bit sassy and. Amy's <laughs> mech is, is a bit more put together. Like, you know he's got, like, uh, fan fiction about these mechs. Um, <laughs> someone leak Mark's AO3 for me. Oh my god. <laughs> well, then Andre does that too, at one point? Yeah, at the, I guess uh, that's in the finale, but he's, like, like does the same thing. He just says thank you to the mechs, mm-hmm. uh, which is a cool, cool little bit. Um, but then Mark takes it to the I next level. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then I guess like after the Team Sledge Mama race, like I said, they they do some time preparing for the Velstein race, where we learn about the Indoragamano, where I I don't remember the specifics of it, but it basically like it's like a series of energy pulses that creates this like green tornado. It's like the most like super robot shit that uh, the mechs do um, in the series, where yeah, it's like the three of them like do some shit with the energy output on their mechs to create like a vortex and that's what fucked uh, the other three up the last time so like trying to figure out a way to get around it and i think andre's just like oh it's simple just dodge it like, just do it <laughs> um but me and danny went down a rabbit hole uh last night of trying to figure out like does that mean anything in Duragamano? uh and for what we can tell nope it doesn't mean anything in like any language uh, so <laughs> it's just the thing they came up with I wonder because uh, they call it like the ace up the sleeve is what they say it it means, but it's not like yeah, which that's definitely uh, wrong. Uh, 
I wonder if it's like like mono. I think is almost definitely hand. Like mono is hand in a lot of languages. I wonder if like Indraga is like a like a god in some religion that I don't know, where it's like the the god of wind, and therefore it's like the hand of that god. I don't know, but it doesn't mean anything that I can tell. Um, or yeah. from, from what we saw, it's too, so it's too weirdly specific of a name for it to just come out of nowhere. But it's really hard to to figure out where it does come from if it, if it does even um this is also so like this race i guess was like the end of like the the proper like season and then the finale is, is all that's left and so it's it's this episode that they announced that uh team black egg is being demoted to the ig2 so rip team black egg we will not see you in season two i don't think um i don't know if they say it in this episode but they're replaced with team white snow which are uh, prominent characters in the next season Wait, I have I have done uh, some quick research because I might uh-huh. I have been searching Indragamano together. Um, but I was like, wait a minute, what if Indraga is like a god? And I just I just search Indraga by itself. Indraga is Italian. It's an inflection of the word in Indra Indragare, which means to to dragonize or to be to to dragonize as, as until like turn into a dragon, to turn violent or cruel, to exasperate aggravate or provoke so it's it's a hand a dragonized hand oh okay that okay that's why why do they call it uh, oh then dragomano uh, ace of the sleeve like why do they just say yeah. it's 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 their dragon hand attack yeah dragon hand violent hand any like of that vein yeah uh okay very confused so we, we've, cr- <laughs> we've cracked the mystery we figured it out um actually they might I don't know, my notes aren't specific. They might not say that Team Black Egg gets demoted, but they do show, like, the rankings, and Team Black Egg are on the bottom. So that's that's an episode out, 13. Um, smoke machines are not the key to victory. Episode 13, <laughs> they say uh, that they're getting demoted, and that Team White Snow, I think, is coming up. Yeah, Team White Snow is the replacement team. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in, the Interagamano really kind of, again, I, I mentioned this earlier, like, it pushes the the line for me a little bit of like what the fuck is allowed in this mech race like again you know we don't have guns that was in the the micro series and team satomi just has like their fists or robo arms or whatever um so why the fuck is um, what's shown to be a massive tornado allowed (laughs) like that seems like it's pushing the the realm of what should be allowed in the sport but uh, well, the way I mean, they that's like it. just how formula racing goes is regulations don't get passed until someone takes advantage of things. So, mm. like, would it be surprised if later on there's like a regulation in the racing saying, hey, no fucking magic tornadoes, that's not allowed <laughs> anymore, guys? Because <laughs> they also, the way they, well, the way they do talk about it is like they never use it and like, uh, them using it on um, Team Satomi in that first race was like a rare thing because like normally they can just win. Uh, without using having to resort to that um uh, and they also talk about how like it's like i think andre is the one that says all this uh that it's a risky maneuver so like not just any team would feel confident like even trying to attempt it because like sure if you pull it off you can just devastate the other team but if you fuck it up i think the implication is that it'll fuck up your mech um because it's also like a thing that they're like they can only do it once in a race Uh, yeah they don't like their mechs don't have the capacity to even try it twice which is why they're like in the next episode like oh we just we just need to use these like one-time rocket boosters to dodge out of the way and then we can like actually face them in a normal race setting for the rest of the race yeah because they even have a cutaway point where and this going to the next two episodes but like uh they say um they the 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 
lead or owner of the team asks like a scientist like you know how are how's the energy looking and the guy says like oh the indragamano drained it but they should have enough to just finish the race kind of thing so like you said they, they're literally like using the energy of their mech like they're they're essentially burning all their fuel up until just a little bit left on on the to finish the race kind of thing yeah um and then also at the end of this episode there's a really cool i guess like andre's given uh takeshi kind of like a pep talk before the velstein race and they're in the mech hangar and um there's a really cool like extended 360 pan around shot of takeshi's mech while he's giving uh andre's giving takeshi this you know speech or whatever and it's just like mm, this is the shit like do not care about the race this is the good shit mm. um I just really like that. The the mech designs are so cool, and it was uh, kind of a treat to just get like a long, lingering uh, pan across uh, the mech, uh, 360 degrees, you get to see all of it. Uh, damn shame there's not like model kits of um, the IGPX mechs. I need mm-hmm. that. Um, I got one more thing from these two episodes, which is uh, the f- kind of flashback scene that uh, he has about uh, like the Rocket G race, like Rocket G's last race or whatever. Uh, well, I guess like Takeshi's like trying to sleep before the night before the race. Um, and this is also true about like the setting of the show, but like they show like the city that the race is happening in is in the middle of like a barren desert. Um, and it opens up the question to me to like, what does the world look like outside of the city? Cause mm-hmm. like we know other countries still exist, like, like, like all the same countries still exist, like France, Australia, like those are all like mentioned by name because of like player nationalities, but like, we don't see anything outside of this city. Like our like the thing that came to mind was like uh, I guess like the city is a bit more utopic than um, uh, Midgar in Final Fantasy VII, but it definitely reminded <laughs> me of Final Fantasy VII, where like once you go outside of Midgar, it's just all like desolate, uh, post ecological disaster, like terra firma. Like uh, it's like I I don't know if that's what they're going for. It also reminded me of. Um, uh i think cowboy bebop has some stuff like this on mars but also i mean same guy um uh uh, what's the show uh carol and tuesday also takes place on mars and has like a similar aesthetic but that's like that makes sense it's mars but it made me think like you could tell me this is on mars and this is like a a terra terraformed city on mars and i would believe you because that's what it looks like it was like it's just weird world building details that i know are not gonna go anywhere but it's like what did they do to fuck up this earth like well it kind of made, um, it makes me think of so at one point i don't think they say it before this i think it might be in the next episode or two they say uh igpx city so this is like explicitly a city that is like revolves around igpx i wonder if it's almost like las vegas because las vegas is the middle of the fucking desert mm. i wonder if it's like that where it's like they just built a city like oh we need a lot of like open space to like build all these big structures where should we build i don't know middle of nowhere desert like las vegas build it in nevada fuck it. um so i wonder if it's <laughs> going for ecological disaster or it's just like oh they just built it in a place far away from everything else and somehow they like aerated yeah. the soil so that everything can within the city can grow. I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of unclear. Maybe it's sorry. No, no, that's that's it's unclear. That's all. Okay. Uh, maybe it's like you know, like I I talked about how I liked how it seemed like the the IGPX track was like built into the city, but what if the city was just built around the IGPX track? Like they built the track first, and then there was just a need for like people to live there because of all the like labor that needs to go into like 
um, maintaining the track and all the people that make the races go and the teams needing to just be close by so it's easier to transport the mechs and stuff. Like, I don't know, it's interesting to think about. I wonder if yeah. we'll get any more now that details y'all, like that. Now that y'all were talking about it, I would assume, like, the founder of IGPX was just some rich asshole who's like, yeah, I'm going to spend all my money on mech racing. It's a company They town. do talk about... I don't Basically. remember which episode it might be, the episode where Johnny Lipkin is giving us a history lesson on IGPX, but they do at one point name whoever founded uh, IGPX and how he also was a racer. Mm-hmm. So that totally checks out that it's like someone just invested a shit ton of money in mechs and it's like, yeah, and I'm going to race them on the weekends. <laughs> mm-hmm. is it, isn't that more or less how Formula One started too? Just rich people wanting to like spend a bunch of money on cars? I, I know that's how racing in general, like, Okay. Auto racing in general started. I'm not sure exactly with formula racing. Well, there you go. Uh, uh, I don't think I have anything else to say about these episodes. Um, I do like that. Uh, um, I think this race is also another nighttime race. I know we do get some nighttime shots of the the empty racetrack, which look really good. Like I mm. love um, that the show goes there. That it's not just like interested in only showing the track when there there's mechs on it. Um, again, the, the production's real stellar. Um, but anything else before we move on? No, I, I, I was deeply pumped for this, uh, for the last two episodes. Like, you Hell know, yeah. like it, it really, like I said in the last episode, like, you know, the first few episodes didn't quite click with me, but then like started getting more character stuff and then like really understanding where like all the cards are on the table at this point And now it's just let's go kind of thing. And I, I really dug that really well paced in terms of like the grand, the way the story unfolded. I also did like, uh, I think it might've happened more in the next two episodes, but I, I like how they talk about, Oh, it's the end of the season. Like this is the last race of the season. And I was like, Oh, like literally for in the yeah. real world. <laughs> so like, Oh, we'll see you next um, season. Yeah. I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> Going back to that thing Danny said earlier, I was also like a lot more invested with this, with these groups of episodes, even though I'm still like, pretty quiet this podcast episode i was a lot more invested this time i felt like the characters were a bit more established they the uh just the episode scripts were a lot more interesting in general yeah i agree um okay well uh episode 12 and 13 are called the final battle and into tomorrow respectively we get a lot of like uh you know pre-race kind of prep uh there's a that some cute scenes of like Takeshi like having trouble sleeping the night before and, and stuff like that um and but but mostly just like it you know setting up for the race uh the race the race kicks off um some tension in the first lap before they reach the battle round um and then the battle round begins and they're kind of like kind of waiting for it to happen like waiting for uh the Indiragamano there's also some, some concern at the beginning of the episode of like uh Liz and Takeshi like knowing like when to look for like you know they're literally like oh you got to look for their tell when they're going to launch their attack and amy being like unsure that she's going to be able to do it because she's not like an actual like she doesn't do like kendo and judo like um uh, liz and takeshi do uh so she doesn't have those like uh reflexes um but they're able to do it uh andre and mark come up with the idea of attaching like booster rockets to like the sides of their legs that like one-time fire booster rockets that they can fire off to dodge the indiragamano um which they're all able to do of course takeshi has to (laughs) be the coolest one so he doesn't like fire his immediately he just like naturally dodges out of the way of cunningham and then uses his rocket to like help uh give amy a little bit more time to get out of there like he pulls her out of the blast like yeah as she's also trying to fire off her her rockets um so the the three of them manage to escape and then the race races on from there 
it's very sick the race is at night but then after the Indoragamano, it starts to rain so it's a night race in the rain um and then you know Takeshi and Cunningham go at it while Amy and uh Liz face off against the other two members of Team Velstein. uh Takeshi and Cunningham have uh what uh, Tom Kenny as the announcer is like this is the greatest fight I've ever seen in IGPX history where they're like trading blows at like the speed of sound and like just like really fighting all over the track um, in a way that we haven't seen before in the show um, and then you know it's kind of like end of the race and they gotta have to stop fighting uh, and just hit into speed mode and try to see who can get there faster and this is where we get the proper photo finish, uh, where we actually see kind of like the slow-mo approach up to the finish line where Takeshi's like just over the finish line before uh, Cunningham, and so Team Satomi wins. Uh, I think Takeshi gets first, and then Amy and Liz are like third and fourth. Uh, uh, Liz uh, is taken out. It, it goes oh, right, Takeshi, yeah. the- Cunningham, one of the teammates on Velshtime, Amy, and then the other two are, are out. Right, you're correct. Um uh, and then we get some, you know, like uh, uh, you know, them celebrating their win and everybody kind of, you know, uh, you know, taking it all in. Like Cunningham kind of has a moment where he acknowledges Takeshi and Liz and Amy are like, I didn't know you two were so close. And like, wow, that Cunningham sure is a weird dude. Um, and then kind of the big thing for Takeshi at the end of the race is he uh, gets promised that he'll meet Rocket G by Andre. Like, oh, you can meet your idol if you win this race for me. And so he's like, oh, my God, I'm going to get to meet Rocket G. And it turns out that Andre is Rocket G. He just doesn't, like, no one recognizes him because he put on weight and has a beard now and less hair, it appears. Um, I mean, they were, like, heavily hinting at that in the previous episodes, too, so it's not, like, a big reveal or no. anything. No, not at all. Um, but it is cool, and there's, like, uh, there's a thing that they did in these episodes that I don't know if they did in the first six episodes, but they'll show, like, whenever Takeshi is, like, dejected or excited by, like, uh, like a... Uh, kind of a a lick in his hair, either like like going down to show that he's dejected, or going up to show that he's excited. And so he initially learns that Andre's uh, Rocket G. It kind of like goes down a bit, uh, and then uh, it kind of like the realization kind of sets in, and like he's like, actually, no, this is fucking cool. I didn't realize this whole time I've been being coached by one of the greatest ever. And then he gives him a hug, and uh, it's that's pretty. Uh, heartwarming stuff it's that's really sappy but i i like it mm. um and then it kind of ends with like uh um actually don't i don't remember how it literally ends i just remember the which might not be in your version the next season on from peter cullen going like like yeah they they well i guess the show does have this kind of coda to it where it's like oh y'all won this season but like now y'all have a big target on your back going into next season like you're not gonna have an easy time uh holding on to your your championship status um and then the the next time like the next season on preview um is that of like like oh it's it's not easy sailing in the next season of igpx so that's kind of like the setup for the second season is like they had this incredible rookie season uh managed to pull it out but now they've got to prove that like it wasn't a fluke and and now they've got like now they've got the target on their back in a way that they didn't have before because no one really thought they could do it the, the um, way it ends in the our version a funimation version whatever version it has it in this i really love this there's a bunch of completely silent shots i think there might be like ambient noise but just completely silent shots of like the city and like all the different parts of the, the track and blah 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 and then it comes down on takeshi standing on the track and he's like man i really like it when like i'm here alone mm. and then he closes his eyes and then he hears uh 
Liz and Amy, and and they they basically end with like a like a group high five kind of thing, um, showing that no, you're not really alone on this track. We're you know we're all in this together kind of thing. It's very yeah. This very is, cute. Uh, that's also in the yeah. That is how my version ends before it goes to the the next season on. Yeah, mm-hmm. that that stuff's really good. Um, I like that a lot too. Oh, we also get like I'm, I'm scrolling through it <laughs> now. He goes back to the hot dog vendor from the first episode, uh, and it's like reused animation, which is funny, but it's like uh i'll have the usual it's like wow you really are the best uh, this really is the best hot dog in all my <laughs> gpx city um i love this hot dog vendor he's got a fucking eye patch he's like he looks like a wrestler like, he's really <laughs> built he's also voiced in the dub by uh jason demarco who's one of the producers on the show uh um from toonami oh. um but yeah i thought this was a really satisfying ending to the the first season yeah, uh, I I had Gundam in my brain because uh, you kind of mentioned that during the race uh, they fight. Uh, uh, I almost said Char and Amara. Um, <laughs> what the fuck are their names? Uh, Same vibes. Cunningham Takeshi and, and, and Takeshi. Yeah, they uh, fight where Takeshi is using his his katana because he does Akito, uh, but then Cunningham uses a fencing sword. I wonder if that's mm-hmm. a reference because didn't uh, yeah he uh, Steve Blum voiced. Uh, char oh in the the like completely no longer released version of the, uh-huh. the movie dub yeah yeah but he, he so he's using a fencing sword a, a saber and then they, they they do their fighting kind of like metaphorically they're still in their mechs but um and that's right before they yeah, go into their race yeah it is it is very like uh end of the original mobile suit gundam kind of like abstract like we're seeing them in their uh, sword fighting gear uh, going at each other, like symbolizing their their fight together. I wrote down uh, absolutely no heterosexual explanation for what's going on right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was also I mentioned last time that the the reason or the thing that ultimately made me go, yeah, fuck it, I'm picking IGPX for my show is uh, uh, I watched an AMV uh, and just seeing clips of it was like, yeah, this show fucking kicks ass. I'm gonna pick it. Um, the thing that the the specific clip that made me go. Oh fuck yeah! It's this is the one. Is is this shot of uh, Takeshi and um, Cunningham uh, metaphorically fighting with the the fencing sword and the kendo sword? I was like, yeah, that's the shit. Um, they also uh, speaking of Gundam, they they do have like new type flashes where like they'll predict each other's moves and there'll be like a green like flash by their head, like where they're like like sh- literally showing their like. Like in the show, it's not literally precognition, but that's what it is in Gundam. It's like they're literally like uh, doing new type shit in the the fight there, um, which is which is cool. Like I said, it's like nothing else that we've seen in the show before. They're just like blow after blow. It's going by so fast. Yeah, no, the the whole race is very very well done. Uh, when they they dodge the Indragamana and like the revelation that like oh Takeshi just like dodged out of the way, like he didn't even use the. Uh, the booster so they could help amy and um you know the 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 fact that liz like like so takeshi and cunningham are kind of up a ways and liz and amy are fighting with the other two people on the team and and t- team valstein gets some decent characterization where um you know like they're saying like oh you know cunningham like you might be the best racer here but like we've raced with you more than anyone else and like we know when you're kind of on edge like don't worry we're here to support you so like no one's really the bad guy i mean obviously we were like rooting for takeshi and them but like you know velstein's not like they're not like jerks or anything like that like um so yeah then lizen lizen whatever the guy's name get kind of taken out and then 
I was kind of surprised that it didn't end with um, Takeshi and and or Cunningham kind of like disabling their mechs. Like like they get so Cunningham and Takeshi are fighting, and the scientist coaching staff whatever are like, oh, he's not really fo- following the fight protocols. Like he's definitely just having fun with this. And then the coach is like, you know, Cunningham, stop toying with them. Like just go. And I thought it was going to be like, okay, I'm going to, you know, break off his leg and like that's going to be like the, the crushing defeat that you got to make up for next season. But then they just enter speed mode and, and, and race normally. And I was like, oh, that's kind of surprising, but I'm here for it. The photo finish. Um, and yeah, just everything about like the ending where they're doing all these like quiet shots. I was like, oh, this is like, I don't know. I mean, it's very simple. It's just quiet shots of the of the city. But I was like, oh, this is like really like, beautiful and, and I love it. So really, really great ending. Uh, if this was the end of the series, I would have been happy. Not like in a, uh, I don't mm-hmm. want more, but like this was a very nice way of capping it off. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, my main reaction to the result of the race is like, oh, cool, Valstein can actually get a character arc next season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that Valstein uh, or Cunningham hugs Takeshi, and that's when they're like, oh, like, are you guys that close? And then he's like, no, not, I mean, not really, but like, yeah. And then, you know, he's like, you know what? Like, I took you, like, I'm going all out on you next season. Uh, and that's when they're like, oh, he's kind of a weird dude, huh? But um, kind of giving the implication that he wasn't going all out this time, but I don't think that's really the implication that was meant. I think he's just saying, like, oh, we're going to really, like, take you seriously next time. Like, you know, don't get used to this kind of success. Um, oh, it's also revealed that the coach of Team Velstein used to race with the Rocket, Rocket G. Yeah. Um, and his line there is just so <laughs> stupid. It's like, just refers to him as Andre, then has to go like, or should I say, oh, yeah. Rocket G. Yeah, like, he's was, talking to the dumb. fucking camera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but like good dumb yeah <laughs> uh there are there are three really good hugs in these episodes there's the uh, like takeshi hugs andre when he realizes he's he's rocket g and is happy about it there's the takeshi cunningham hug which i'm here for and then also um i i, I said before that i'm i'm mostly here for like the liz and takeshi stuff uh uh, even if it is very uh, compet, but uh, there, there's like Liz is trying to console Amy as she's like having trouble, like um, believing in herself and her ability to like dodge the Indurakamano, and it's not like a like a, a, a forward hug, but she kind of like hugs around her shoulder, and I'm like, yeah, I'm here for this gay shit. Like mm-hmm. I know it doesn't go anywhere, but like uh, imagine a world where Amy and Liz are the uh, the pairing. Yeah, no, that was it was very cute. Like like are you crying like oh i'm not crying like and then at the end it kind of comes back where uh because liz says like i'm not really good with this crying stuff but then she hugs amy and all that but at the very end it's like oh liz you're crying and she's like no i'm not i'm I'm not i'm not a crier you're you're crying amy and she's like no i'm not luca's the only one who's crying and then luca it's like meow yeah good job luca yeah shit's very cute this whole episode or these whole two episodes i was like the found family is intensifying Mm -hmm. um very (laughs) off the charts Uh, yeah and we i guess we i think we learned in in one of the previous episodes but it kind of comes out directly here where liz is telling amy like oh i was an orphan and like have always been alone but it's it's nice to have people around me now with team satomi and again found family found family intensifies um there's um uh okay uh, i do want to talk about the the scene where they do the indiragamano because the way it's executed is so fucking cool um because like it's all happening in slow-mo so we're getting these really cool slow-mo shots of like the team velstein mechs like preparing the attack and like takeshi and everyone else kind of like finger on the trigger getting ready to like 
eject out of the way and like kind of in their heads like okay do i do it now all this kind of stuff um and then they do it and we're kind of like like we the audience are aware that like okay it seems like they were able to make it out in time um but then it kind of cuts back to like like that's all happening in slow motion but then it cuts back to like real time and we just see it all happen in a split second where it goes from like them just on the track to suddenly there's a uh big green tornado and then we see the crowd and like uh the team satomi and like the booth going like what the fuck just happened did they make it out of there like all they all right like that that cut from like we see the whole sequence over the course of like a minute and a half in slow-mo and then we see the thing actually unfold real time in like a split second um and then seeing them get out of there was just like really cool to be like oh wow they really had to like finger on the trigger like hit it at just the right time to get out of there mm-hmm. um was very cool one character i want to mention who i i want to say they're almost like my favorite character of the series is um uh takeshi's little sister uh who's who's mm-hmm. in, in, intensely like supportive and and very cute not in like the way that you see in a lot of anime of that time and i guess still now where it's like oh i'm in love with you i'm gonna you know it's like fucking gross um but she's just like you know what i I, i'm your biggest fan like i always will be i support you uh i won't delete your saves you know kind of thing um i like any scene she's Mm -hmm. in she's very and like when they have the race like they cut to her and she's like genuinely rooting for him um every every scene she's in is very very cute and very like it's it's wholesome family support which i really like uh versus like you know any sort of weird subtext that you see a lot in anime where it's like oh like it's a a cute little sister winky winky uh audience like in this it's like nope she's just a a supportive little sister good for her it's like yeah good job yeah she's she's able to be like playfully teasing with him without it being gross and weird yeah um so applause to the writing team for that <laughs> the bar is kind of on the floor there so but <laughs> good job yeah um uh oh uh another little character moment i liked a whole lot um in the last episode is that like post race kind of after like the big day and like takeshi's like in his bed like by himself finally like after he i think after he has that conversation with his sister like pulls himself under the covers and starts like like kicking and screaming in celebration like just just this really cute moment where like any side of kind of front he was trying to put up to like control his excitement is just completely broken and he's just like we fucking did it uh it was very cute i like that a lot mm-hmm. harken back to the the shot in the like second episode where he's like pretending to race in his bed <laughs> it's just like yeah he's just like he's still a kid um i thought that was good yeah no i i, I really like that where because his sister's like oh it's like your it's your victory night and like you know you're you're just sitting here playing games and he's like oh well you know like i don't really need games anymore i'm i'm the i'm the cool winner i got to focus on racing oh my my sexy girlfriend's calling let me just talk to her real quick i'm a cool winner and then yeah like once he's alone he's like fuck yeah we did it oh my god yeah i do like the <laughs> uh uh i'm i'm tired of this this psp i don't need it anymore uh, <laughs> it was funny i beat the game um, so it's the only game that's on it i guess we also get a a final wrap on the Miss Satomi uh, sponsorship saga, uh, where she goes <laughs> like, "Thank God y'all won. Now I won't have to worry about any sponsorships in the future." <laughs> um, or at least I think she's like for next season. And, like it's like next season spot like kind of a weakened nod to the audience, I guess. Of like, don't you worry, we're not gonna have an episode where we're worried about losing funding for the team. Like we're set for next season. <laughs> I think someone like comments on where she's they're like, is that all she's thinking about? And I think Mark is just like, yeah, well, she's been working really hard. Like you don't realize. 
kind of thing. It's like, it's all, it's all happening off screen. We don't need that anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. We also get Jesse finding out Mark uh, talks to the mechs in this episode. And he's just like, damn, you found out my secret. <laughs> well, and the way she does it is very I like cute. Mark a lot. Like, he's like saying, like, thank you for everything or whatever. Like, you guys did really well. And then Jesse comes in and, like, yells, like, oh, no, thank you, boss. Like, you're the one who helps us. And he's like, whoa. <laughs> uh it's very good i i like as you said like this is like a good if this was the last episode of the show it'd be a good way to end it but i also think it's a good lead into the next season of like like they've got a good thing going right now like they've got a good dynamic like everybody has their like part in the team like everything's well established like there's no like secrets between anybody or whatever which like leaves like a clean slate for there to be new conflicts in the next season so um I feel like I remember the first season a lot more vividly than the second season, so I feel like I'm going to be uh, going in a little bit uh, of, with murky memory, I guess, uh, into the next 13 episodes, but uh, I'm excited uh, to see to see what's what's in the second season. I was kind of surprised. I was, I was like, oh, I wonder when the what how, how far apart the two seasons were. Um, so Into Tomorrow aired February 4th, 2006. The first episode of the next season aired May 20th, 2006. So not really far apart. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, as far as I understand, the 26 episodes were like Made produced at the same at time. Once, okay. It wasn't. Yeah. I mean, obviously, they, they couldn't turn around in four months and, and make a new show. But like, I don't I don't think it was like, oh, the first six episodes did well. And then they started working on the second season while the rest of season one was airing. I think it was always like a 26 production order um, that they just chose to air over two seasons. Um, and I definitely remember like being very excited in those few months in between the end of season one and the beginning of season two uh when i was young i also have very specific memories of just like um being on the edge of my seat at like the the next time on for like the the last two episodes i just be like oh are they good like because i was like a kid i didn't you know wasn't able to pick up on these things whatever but like genuinely like are they going to win or not like are they going to be able to dodge the (laughs) interagamano like what's going to happen um whereas watching it now it's like kind of obvious like yeah they're setting it up for it to be an underdog victory Um, i could i could honestly see it be play out differently though i could see i mean i could see them i think they were definitely going to miss the interagamano but um i could definitely see it being like a oh it was a photo finish but valstein got a little hair over and then like that leads into the next season being like okay this time we're gonna beat them or whatever i could see that going either way actually yeah for sure a lot lots of sports anime that go on for multiple seasons will do that where it's like the baseball team like gets to koshin but they lose in the first game and it's not until like the last season when they're all third years in high school that they're <laughs> actually like the champion or whatever mm. um and I, th- I do think that'd be uh, an interesting way to go into the the second season as well but uh the last thing i will say is again i gotta be the, the peter cullen correspondent um <laughs> uh the uh uh next the next season on preview i mentioned is, is really good because you get like clips of like uh, a bunch of different episodes you get a little bit of team white snow um they show their mechs their mechs are very cool uh, and team white snow is very cool from what i remember um <laughs> but P- peter cullen's narration is about like you know, like, oh, yeah, like, the new challenges for, for the for the reigning champs. And um, <laughs> the line he has is, but like the man said, more money, more problems. <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> I get what you mean, but wh- why is that the way that you're, you're going about saying it? I just thought it was very funny to hear Peter Cullen say more money, more problems. <laughs> uh, notor- notorious, I don't know if Peter Cullen's middle initial is going to be like, 
P blank C, but I can't. Uh, but yeah, I, y'all have anything else about uh, these two episodes or, or any of these uh, episodes? No, like if, uh, if I were not... So I watched this last night really, really late because uh, it was either that or finished watching them this morning. Um, I, if, I, if it hadn't been super late when I was watching this, I might have kept going because uh, I was like really enthralled. Like this is... I, I don't want to say this is like a better mech show than Gundam. I think they're so different that it's impossible to kind of compare the two. Uh, but I think I am more jazzed about continuing this than I was watching more Gundam. Like the just like the energy of this has, has me really jazzed. Kind of. I mean, they are so different that it's really kind of disingenuous to compare the two because, you know, Gundam's not always trying to make you feel jazzed. Sometimes Gundam's trying to make you feel the horrors of war. Uh, but... I, I really dig this the momentum that the show is going with. Yeah, I agree. It's a very watchable show. Yeah. Like if I was not watching this for the podcast, I could just like get through this these two seasons in like a week. Um because it would just be that thing where it's like I would watch like four episodes the night before and then spend the next day going like oh, I can't wait to get home and watch more episodes. Mm. Um but it's kind of nice to to space them out, I guess. Uh for the pod. Um Danielle, you got any final thoughts on on I guess season one, because we're finished with it. I mean, I'll just repeat what I said earlier and how the season really picks up in the second half, but I don't know, this is just the type of show where I'm like, yeah, this is like pretty solid stuff, but I don't really have a ton to comment on personally. I mean, it might just be like um, my inexperience with like sports anime in general, but I can't, I don't have like a wide base of what to compare it to, but like, yeah, this is pretty solid. If, uh, someone was looking for a sports anime i definitely recommend it at this point yeah for sure especially like uh, this specific kind of sports anime it's not a lot of shows like it unfortunately uh we we don't talk about basquatch it's the the mech basketball show which is i i guess i should watch it for myself at some point but i've heard it's bad i believe <laughs> i believe that um okay well that was igpx uh what other anime have y'all been watching uh i'll start with you danny um i have so i've been watching um i i just saw on netflix that they added uh more episodes of way of the house husband um so i watched those it's kind of an interesting thing to watch because i have all of the english release manga as far as i know um so it's kind of interesting just watching the the comic or the manga whatever uh animate animated minimally it's it's almost like a motion comic uh but it's still very funny to to watch it all be acted out and uh i'll always recommend that show it's it's a very quick watch uh the episodes are like normal 20 something minute length episodes but they're kind of broken into little mini skits um definitely recommend it if anyone wants to just kind of have a good a good time uh with a a funny house husband show um it it makes me want to be a house husband someday i want to marry a a girl boss and just be a house husband um other than that i've been re-watching a show a drama called time taxi uh which i feel like we talked about a little bit before but um it's just a a a really well made well acted well written uh drama about a a taxi that can bring you back in time hence time taxi um and it's equal parts funny equal parts uh kind of touching there's some episodes that are really sad but like in a in a way that's just like you know like not like a downer but just like heartwarming and moving um so yeah those are the ones that i've been watching other than that uh just been playing through demon souls which was a an experience 
mostly positive. There are some negatives that really bummed me out, but, but yeah, no. Uh, so way of the house has been time taxi and demon souls has been my life for the last two weeks. Not a bad way to, to spend your time. Yeah. I, I need to watch, um, Way of the House Husband because I, I also like the manga a lot and uh personal favorite Kenjiro Suda voices um uh uh Tak or no what's his name uh Tatsu Tatsu in uh in uh Way of the House Husband and I I need that in my life that, um, that's so that's Seto that Kaiba point. it's Kaiba uh, he's he's in like a bunch of things I found out recently he he voices like a character in Fate and I was like damn I guess <laughs> gonna have to get into Fate uh not true never doing that but <laughs> tempted um. Uh, but yeah, I, I love this man's voice. Yeah, um, I was thrown off because there's a, a live action show called Ingenuity of the House Husband, I think. Um, and I thought it was him. What's, what's his name again? Sorry. Uh, Kenjiro Suda. Yeah, I thought, so I thought it was Kenjiro Suda because I looked it up on IMDb and like it had him down as like being in that show. But I believe you said it's, it's actually someone else. I don't know if he just supplies the voice because it's all voiceover with a person acting or maybe it's just. Oh, well, so there's two different things. There is a way of the house husband drama, like live action drama, which oh. does not have Kenjiro Suda. But there is a show called The Ingenuity of the House Husband, which has nothing to do with um, Way of the House Husband, which does have Kenjiro Suda in it. Okay, so that's what I was so. watching. It's very interesting because Netflix okay. lumps them together as a collection. Like it says, like, oh, you'll also like this because it's like part of like the Way of the House Husband collection. Um, huh? Because they, I don't remember if. In the ingenuity of the house husband, they kind of make references to him being ex yakuza. Uh, they don't like show anything to indicate that, but okay. So yeah, I did watch that, uh, and it's it's almost yeah. like just like an infog- informational show where they're like, oh, to get uh, paint stains out, use I think they say like alcohols or something like that to like be a solvent or whatever, and like to do this, do this, blah blah blah. Uh, and there's like a lightly comedic aspects to it, but it's mostly just kind of a. Uh, informational show i mean this one episode description describes it as uh, pseudo receives a hefty amount of pork as a gift and sets to work lovingly turning it into the best smoked bacon ever i'm like yeah i'll spend four minutes watching kendra pseudo <laughs> make bacon <laughs> that is the, this hole was made for me thank you netflix <laughs> Um, yeah, I need to, I need to watch that too. I might do that today. That sounds like a great way to spend an evening. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, Danielle, what anime have you been watching? Um, you know, just continuing the series I'm watching with my girlfriends with, uh, Love Live Superstar, OG Love Live, and, uh, Kaguya Love is War. But more interestingly, watched two new, two more Ghibli films for those. Um, first one was My Neighbor the Yamadas, which is just a fucking sitcom. Just a fucking American sitcom from the like late eighties. It's awful. Why? What, Why what did we exist? call it? Uh, everybody loves the Yamadas. <laughs> yeah, that's basically fucking what it is. It's like, oh yeah, let's spend three minutes on a gag of like the husband and wife fighting over the TV remote, and it's like, oh my god. <laughs> Interestingly, it was Ghibli's first. Um, all digital movie which i would hope explains why the budget for the movie was fucking 15 million dollars because nowadays it just looks like a fucking red bull commercial <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah it's just there was like one sequence that like really used the style well it was really cool like a lot of it is just like dialogue in like a living room or a car and it just it's just like so sparsely animated it seems more like a web animation than like a um fucking studio ghibli movie mm. <laughs> but um week after that was uh spirit of la and yeah still a good movie very much um not what i would consider a um very um choppy script or anything but 
that's the tone it's going for, and I still like it. That one's aged fine, thank god. <laughs> yeah, thank god some of them have aged well. And I have also um, decided to just finally fucking bite the bullet and start reading the uh, Demon Slayer manga, even though I'm not like a huge uh, battle shonen type of girl. Mm-hmm. It's pretty solid. It's just, you know, not my thing. I just feel like I should read it at some point because this shit isn't going away like I thought it was going to. <laughs> no, it's huge. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's solid. I don't get why it's so big, but, like, it's fine. Yeah, same. I read the first, like, couple volumes worth of chapters and was like, yeah, this is cool. I, and then I just lost steam and never kept reading it. Uh, like, I get why One Piece back. is, like, such a big fucking institution. I don't get it for Demons. Yeah. Very. I feel like the anime did a lot for that one in terms of, like, uh, at least over here uh, in America making it uh, real popular. But I know the manga is also popular in its own right. Mm-hmm. But I agree, it's very strange. Um, well, I don't know what happened to me. I, I literally did not watch any other anime uh, these last two weeks other than the IGPX episodes. I guess I know what happened, and it's I spent the week prior uh, to this one finishing uh, Celeste. Uh, I'd beaten all the chapters, but I hadn't beaten all the seaside, so I did that, so I've now... Uh, done everything I want to do in that game. Uh, great fucking game. Really glad I I stuck with it past uh some initial uh frustrations. Really loved it. Um, Is it and then I spent uh yes oh. I uninstalled. Oh my god. Lo- love love that feeling. Uh, to uninstall a game you're done with. <laughs> and then uh last Friday, uh Metroid Dread came out. I spent earlier this year playing through all the other 2D Metroids. So I was very excited for this game, and I finished it uh yesterday. And oh boy, it's a good one of those. Um, if you if you have any hangups about Metroid games, you probably won't like this one. But like, it's a good fucking one of those. So if you like literally any other two D Metroid game, you'll probably like this one. Uh, it's it's really good. Um, the suits in this game, fucking immaculate. The gravity suit uh, is the coolest it's ever been, and I won't spoil about the suit you get after that. But uh, I marked out incredibly hard for the last thirty minutes of this game. Um, <laughs> so they did it. Metroid Dread, it's real. Um, and I'm curious what they'll do in the future. They've kind of set it up for, like... I mean, they said before this game came out that this was the last Metroid game they were going to make, like, literally about the Metroids and, like, the X-Parasite and all that stuff. They're like, yeah, we're tired of that shit. And they definitely, like, kind of wrapped a nice bow around that in a way where it's like, okay, cool, now they can do something different. And I'd be curious to see what they do next that's not Prime 4, I guess, because that game is still being uh, worked on and made. Um, but yeah, I, I got... Uh, I'll... I'll check hopefully check back next time about some of the new season stuff because like lupin part six has started and i haven't watched that yet i'm very curious to see how i feel about it sherlock holmes is in it so hopefully it's good that sounds promising um yeah anybody got anything else they want to shout out uh no no cool um we don't have any questions i did check uh but if you want to send us your questions about anime or otherwise uh, you can email us at under the Kotatsu, or no, you can email us at under the anime at gmail.com, or you can DM us on Twitter at under the Kotatsu. Um, so yeah, send us your questions about IGPX or anything. Hey, did you play Metroid Dread? Tell me what you thought. Uh, literally anything. Uh, I, I do not care. Um, uh, you want to send me a recipe? Send me a recipe. I will, I will read your email. <laughs> um yeah uh we've been uh under the katatsu uh i've been austin your host as always you can find me on twitter at chai underscore squared uh tweeting about halloween movies <laughs> this is my one last shout out but man halloween kills what a strangely bad movie we'll just say that <laughs> you can check my tweets if you want to see more <laughs> um can't wait for the, uh, the COVID variety. 
oh, that, that's another podcast. <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, Danny, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at Cover Me in Sauce on Twitter. Uh, and Danielle, where can people find you? I am at Lesbunny with one N on Twitter. All right. I'm uh, just incre- increasingly going insane from progesterone. <laughs> you know how it is. <laughs> <laughs> I am absolutely unhinged and living for it. <laughs> the the best the best kind of joker for or the joker for a jokerification. There we go. I got it out there. Um all right. Well, join us next time for episodes oh boy. 14 through 19? Yes, 14 through 19 or if you're going by like season 2 at first six episodes of season 2 of IGPX. Um but uh for now, that's us. Uh Danielle, why don't you take us out of here? E-crimes, do gay, and is it really a piece of sports media if the coach isn't a disgraced ex-professional? Yeah.